Welcome. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to church. We're so glad you're here today with us. Welcome. Everybody stand today. today. Thank you for new life. Thank you for breath. Thank you for the air that we breathe, God. We breathe only to praise your name today, God. Fill this place with your love. Fill this place with your presence, God. Let us just be um, completely swept away by you today, God. Let us focus our hearts right now on you and um, what you're going to do today. We just, we thank you in advance, God. We love you and we worship you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. I want you to go around the room and shake like two or three people's hands. Say, good morning. I love you. How are you?
here. Man, I'm like legit out of breath right now because I was like, that really like pumped me up. That's so good. Just the the words to that. Um, man, grace like a wave crashing over me. Can you just picture that? Like even for your own life, what does it look like in your life for grace to come just washing over you? wherever you are and what situation you're facing, that is available to you today. Man, God is so good. Man, God is so good. We're so glad you're here. Um, let, me just, let me just pray for you today as we enter into worship. God, we just, we love you so much. We just pray, God, that your spirit would fill this place today, God, that our hearts and minds would be ready, Lord, to go into a, a deeper place with you today. God, I just, I'm believing today. God, I believe for miracles today in each and every one of our lives, God. I'm believing, God, for restoration for families. I'm believing, God, for physical healing, God, for for healing for our minds, God. God, wash over us today. Wash over us with your grace, with your mercy, God. Help us to understand a little bit more today about having a relationship with you and going into a deeper place with you today. We love you, Jesus. Fill this place today. Just let these words, let these words wash over you today as we start worship. There's healing in the water with a love that flows so deep wash over me wash over me forgiveness in the today after um, kind of a crazy week I'm just a little bit more grateful this morning um, that God is so good that he really really meets us 
He meets us as long as we're willing, right? As long as we're, our heart is open to hear Him. And so let's just worship together. Your feet again every 
together. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb bow your heads for a moment. Just bow your heads for a moment. Just take a moment just to be quiet. And just, just rest in God. Some of us, we just need rest. Rest is, that's where we find our strength in physically, but rest in Christ is where we find our strength for the rest of our life. For, for everything that we do, we just need to rest in him. Heavenly Father, just just give us your rest, God. There's people in here that are just struggling. There's people in here that there's things going on. And uh, we just find your rest today. If you're in this room and you just need prayer today, if you can just raise your hands. I just want, if there's people around them, 
There's hands going up. If you can open your eyes to the people right around you and just put your hand on their shoulder. Uh, just a couple of things I want to let you guys know as the uh, body of Christ has just moved towards where hands are raised. Uh, I know that uh, Heather and, and Gio and, and, and Carlos and the family, they lost an, a cousin this week. And so keep them in prayer. I know Jeremiah, uh, he, I don't think he's here. Oh, he's in the back. And he lost his nephew to very, something very tragic. Dee Bielman, she had surgery today. I mean, two days ago, and she's recovering. And I just want you guys to know also the Mitchell family is not here. So if you're part of Growth Track, um, Brooklyn Mitchell, uh, two days ago, they found a, a pretty huge mass in her body, a tumor in her body. And uh, they had to do emergency surgery uh, yesterday uh, to take that out. And, uh, and so she went through surgery yesterday and uh, pretty intense. Um, so pray for that family. Pray. We're praying that it's not cancerous. That's what we're praying for, that uh, they're going to they're gonna know the answer by Wednesday or by Thursday. And if you're a parent or someone who just loves somebody, you know how uh, intense that can be. So we were with them in the hospital all day yesterday. And, uh, and just know that the boys are here today, and so love on them too. They're just trying to figure things out. But there's a lot of things going on, and we need a move of God. We need God to answer some prayer. So let's just pray for all those names that just went up. Heavenly Father, we just pray for the body of Christ. We pray for your family, God. I know that there's things going on in many other people's lives, but Lord, we pray right now in the name of Jesus. Julie asked us to pray for Brooklyn, God, that this the test, Lord God, that they're taking on this uh, on this tumor in their body will just uh, come out. It is not cancer; it's benign. We 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 speak that in the name of Jesus. We pray for quick recovery on her body in the name of Jesus. We pray for quick recovery for D in the name of Jesus, and I pray for the families. Of, of Zach, God, Jeremiah's nephew, and I pray for the family of Lisa, Lord God, uh, Heather and Gio and Carlos's family. In the name of Jesus, we pray. I know a lot of things are going up in this room, Lord God, but we stop to pray for someone else, Lord God. We stop to pray for someone else's need right now in the name of Jesus. And let's just lift our voice just for a moment. Lift it. Sometimes you got to say it out loud. Speak it out loud. Prayers the Jewish people would pray out loud at the wailing wall. And I pray it the same way. We pray out loud in the name of Jesus that you would empower them. You would infuse your, your hand, would move, Lord God, and you would use the church of God to push in with bold prayers, Lord God, that we would be bold about our praying. We'd be bold about our faith. In the name of Jesus, we'd be bold about it, Lord God. Hold nothing back, Lord God. Bring heaven down, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Greet the person right next to you. Greet the person right next to you. Give them a hug, man. Ask them their name. Tell them nice glasses. That's a, that's a beautiful blouse you're wearing, right? Nice tattoo. Here. Yeah. As the, uh, as the guys get together, I'm going to read you a verse from Matthew chapter 5. This is kind of our namesake verse. It says, it's verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl and say they put it out on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, and this is talking to us, let your light shine before people that they may see your good deeds, they, that they may see your life. I love how it says that they may see your life and praise your Father in heaven. This is saying that people would look at our lives and that we would live so counterculturally, just differently, with different purpose and different mission, that they would see our lives and say, I, I want to know what they're about. I want to I praise your Father in heaven. And I believe that's what we're called. We're a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. You doesn't mean the individual. You is meaning us. We together. And we talked about it last week. As we are on mission together, as we purpose in ourselves to believe that God is more, that God is more important than our, our purpose, that, that people are more important than our stuff, that, that, that there's so many things going on in this body of Christ that we we want to be a part of taking care of it. We don't want to just attend a place. We want to be the church that God had in mind. And as we do that, as we love our city, we read out of Jeremiah 29, as we seek the peace of the city, as we make wherever we live better, that it says when the city prospers, you will prosper. As you make this place better, I will bless through you. And that's the whole purpose of the Bible. If you read the narrative of this Bible, it is a story about one family, Abraham. Abraham's family, where God says, I'm going to use this family to bless through them. And we are part of that line through Christ that God would love to bless through you. But, but he can't, some of us, he can't even trust us, right? It's like giving our, our, our 10-year-old car keys. It's a bad move. And I pray that we live in such a way, we grow up in such a way that God can trust us and that he can trust us with the, his blessing that he can trust us with his word, that he can trust us with the people that he put in our lives. Look at the people just in your lives. God wants to use you to be a light. And I pray that that be our goal. And as we give today, we're giving to that goal. As you give, you, you are a part of making that happen with Hill City Church. And so let's pray and let's get things started today. But Heavenly Father, I thank you for today, God. I know just so many things are going on, God. And, I, and, and the Lord, none of us are perfect, God. I'm not, we're not asking for perfection. We're asking, God, that we would wake up to what you have for us, God. And that we would trust you with our lives. And it would be the best move for us, God. God, we trust you with our strengths. And we trust you with our weaknesses, our addictions, our angers, and our sin, Lord God. Lord, there's some things we can't carry anymore, and I pray we just, man, we lay it at your feet, and we say, we're done with it, God. I can't do it on my own. I need you. Let that be the desire of our heart today as we give and as we live, as we breathe, and as we love, Lord God. We do it to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Good morning, everyone. My name's Christina, and my husband running around over there is Robert, or AKA Bobby. So if you didn't know, Valentine's Day is Wednesday, February 14th. So you men out there, just plugging that in. 
So we thought it would be fun. We've done this in the past, so we're going to do it again this year to play the newlywed game. So I'm going to get three couples up here, ask them some questions, and see how well they do. So anybody here been married less than a year? Desiree and Randy, come up. Desiree and Randy, I was speaking to them earlier, and they've been married for five months. Five, four months. Sorry, I asked Randy. I should have asked the wife. Okay, has anybody been married under 10 years? Okay, Angel and Brian, can you please step up? And Angel and Brian, how long have you guys been married? We're going on eight years. Eight years. <laughs> and then who has been less married less than 15 years? 15? Just you? <laughs> okay, let's get you guys up here. And what are your names? I'm John. I'm Tina. John and Tina. How long have you guys been married? I'll ask Tina. Uh, Maybe I'll, I should ask John. 13 years. Okay. So how we're going to play this is I'm going to ask the women some questions, and the men are going to wait in the hall so that way they don't hear the answers. So if Ricardo here can escort the men outside, please. Men, you are dismissed for a little bit. Okay. I'm going to give my husband the mic while I get prepared here. Sorry, I was trying to get another one going, but... Alrighty. So, how's everybody doing today? And just like my wife said, you guys have some time. Go get a card. Go do something. You know, for the past couple of days, my wife has been uh, coming back home after work and telling me, yeah, so there's this guy that I work with, and you know what he told me? That uh, he was writing a poem for, how long was it? A month. Five pages long, and I'm like, you guys are going to make me look horrible. I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing to me? I got to, like, do something like this. I'm like, dang it, man. What's that? I know, I'm like... I'm going to have to take your word on that. I'm going to print it out and say I typed it up myself and I wrote it and everything. But, no, really invest in your spouse, you know. Honestly, I couldn't say that more. So many times uh, you you take it for granted. You know, I'll be honest with you. There's so many times that I'm like, I don't plan ahead. And those were those, those, were those times that I didn't get anything. And I'm like, crap, I'm trying to last minute, almost like Christmas where you're doing that last minute shopping and I go and I get a card and I'm like, yeah. I give it to her and she's like, you already did this last year. It's the same thing. I'm like, come on, man. We could do better than that, right? We could put some effort into it. We can uh, be, be thankful for what we have, okay? Just wanted to put that out there. A lot of times we procrastinate and, you know, don't, don't do what we should be doing. Okay, so first question. What one thing does your wife, sorry, what one thing do you have too much of? 
So wives, write that answer down. Yes, that the you have too much of. <laughs> shoes? I don't know. We'll see. Do you have too many shoes? Desiree, what about you? What do you have too many of? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I better be quiet. They're out there. I hope they're not. They probably got number one answer from me. Okay, number two. Yes, write it on there, please. So if you could choose one thing of your husband's to get rid of, what would you choose? We were, we were going over these questions last night, and uh, she had read this one. I'm like, I already know what you would say. I don't, I don't go through my, my back of my closet a lot, and sometimes for work I'll just grab a pair of pants and... Um, you know, back in high school, I had some 2003, 2003, class of 2003. I'm like, hey, they, they still fit. I'm just going to ruin, ruin them anyway. And she's like, okay, you're not in high school no more. Get rid of that stuff. Like, <laughs> I want him to do skinny jeans, but he will not. So we'll compromise that straight leg. <laughs> I'm like, this is as skinny as I'll get, and it's for you, babe. Thanks, babe. So number three. What animal best describes your mother-in-law? These are going to be fun when we get to the answer portion. I'm really excited. Can they hear us? I'm afraid they're going to hear us out there. I don't want to give away all the good stuff. So what animal best describes your mother-in-law? There's no right or wrong answer. Just kidding. There could be totally a wrong answer. And she's here. Oh, a koala bear. She's <laughs> yeah, you're like looking right at her like, um, you're so nice. And Number four, where was your first kiss? Oh, this is bad. I'm excited to hear this answer. Right. This is bad. So I told Christina, I'm like, what was our first kiss? Keep it G, G rated. We like, got some kids here. All right, ladies. Are we almost ready to bring the men in? No? <laughs> Tina's a little nervous. Okay. All right, Ricardo, Monica, if you wouldn't mind bringing the husbands in. All right, so as, as the men are coming in, let's just make it seem like we heard a bunch of trash about them and they were talking about them and everything. And Okay, ladies, so if you would look that way for me, turn that way, your whole right, body. let's do it up for the men. So that way they don't see your answers there. Don't you share guys, your answers. Uh, your ears ringing? We're, we're talking a lot about you. Thank you, husbands. Join your wife. You hear some of the comments from the, the crowd? They're not so not so good comments there. Oh, oh, you guys are supposed to turn. Wait, did I say I messed this up? Turn around so you guys are facing your backs towards each other. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There, that's better. That's my fault. Okay, so first question will direct the Lopez's. What one thing does your wife have too much of? Shoes. Shoes. Oh, 
we got one for the Lopez. Okay, second. I'll read this. All right, all right. Same question, you guys. Uh, Randy, what one thing does your wife have too much of? Clothes. <laughs> Body sprays and lotions. Okay. <laughs> what one thing does your wife have too much? Maybe shoes. Shoes and clothes. Sweet. All right, I'll start over here with number two. If your wife could choose one thing of yours to get rid of, what would she choose? The extra motorcycle. Old jeans. Old jeans. <laughs> All right, Randy. If your wife could choose one thing of yours to get rid of, what would she choose? You have that many? It's like one. Uh, my guns. Your animal mount that stares at me all the time. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Everything. She wants to get rid of everything of mine. My tools. Tools, clutter. Nice. Can you keep... Can you keep track of the score? Yes, thank you. Okay. Number three. This one, I'm uh, is, I'm curious to know the answer. What is it, Bobby? My answer? No, the question. Like, I don't want to answer that. Don't put me <laughs> on the question. spot. This is for you guys. <laughs> All right. What animal best describes your mother-in-law? Well, your mother. Your, your mother. mother. What animal best describes your mother? No, it's your husband's mother. Yes. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I was wrong. What? I was, again, operator error. I'm really bad at this. Okay. okay. What animal best describes my mother? Uh, a bobcat? <laughs> a cougar. I mean, is that like? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. She what meant to say that in a loving that. way. Like, a loving cougar. Yeah, kind of. A loving cougar. <laughs> in a loving way, with all love. All right, over here. What animal best describes your mother? I said You're mama lying. bear. <laughs> a mama bear. Mama bear, lion. Close. <laughs> yes. Five months. You guys will get there. <laughs> okay. What animal best describes your mother? Know, groundhog? <laughs> okay. I want to know the reason why. She only comes out once a year. <laughs> That's a good, good explanation. That should have been my answer. <laughs> like, like, hey, let me change my answer real quick. That teddy was a bear. Really good one. <laughs> a teddy bear. I asked my son what animal best describes me. I don't know why. I was tired. I didn't. 
I was afraid. I should have been afraid of the answer, but it was good. He said a groundhog, too, because I work so much. So I was like, that's good. Brownie points for you. All right, so who's the winners? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Is there one more question? I'm sorry. I'm like, hold on. Hold on. No, I'm going to ask it. We'll start back over here since you're like, let's skip that question. I want to hear it now. All right, so where was your first kiss? Like, she said the real one in what, case what you didn't of, hear her. The so there's bag? a fake was one. It? Maybe that's the the G-rated one, I think, is what she's thinking of, maybe. Oh, it's all G-rated. You know, like that. But, uh, let me see. Hold on. Um, <clears throat> I'd have to say the park. You said to keep it. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kiss. That was the first one. That was like 20 years ago. Yeah, it was in his Monte Carlo. It's in the car. In the car at the park. It's funny because it's that? not yeah. the car. It's the Monte Carlo. Oh, the Monte A lot Carlo. of times the women will know exactly when, what color it was, what kind it was. More descriptive. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Where was your first kiss? At the bar. Man, y'all are so sinners. <laughs> Where was your first kiss? That's an easy one. On the lips. <laughs> that is good. Do you want to stick with that answer? Okay, let's see what Tina That's said. That's a good answer. You can't, you can't go wrong there. In the car in front of my parents' house. On the lips. <laughs> right. I think I got all the questions. It was the Lopez family. Woo! There you guys go. Thank you for playing the newlywed game with us, and happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Man, give them a hand one more time. All right. Good morning, guys. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I just want to thank you guys for those who played it, uh, who played the game, and I thank you for the Lopez's, uh, even though they changed their answer three times. Um, no, just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, but, uh, but if you're new or new, newer here, uh, our desire is that you get connected and uh, grow in the relationship with one another and encounter Jesus so that together that we can make a difference in our world because we believe that as Hill City that we are called to be light and the life of Jesus in dark and broken places. That's, that's our vision statement of making bold moves. We want to be light wherever that we are, and it's for the glory of God. I'm going to just grab this real quick. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. Tell them nice mustache. Uh, don't tell that to a girl, though. Yeah, uh, that'd be a mistake. Yeah, that's a total mistake, total mistake. So we, uh, we've been going through this thing called Bold Moves, and we're going to continue. That's our theme for this year. It, uh, for some of us, we've been living life in a way where it's been the same old, same old every year. And that's not the desire that God, God does uh, want consistency in our life, but there, want, there, there is a call for boldness. 
So we pray, we talked about bold moves, bold, making bold prayers. Stop praying boring prayers. Like stop boring the angels. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, God, uh, this is sometimes our prayer. God, keep me comfortable. Like keep us healthy. Don't change every, don't change anything. That's sometimes our prayers that we, we almost pray daily for our family. Security, comfort, and, 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 and keeping things the same. I like the way things are. Where God wants to do some bold things through his people, but we hold back our lives and hope that nothing changes. So I pray that we start praying some bold prayers. We make some bold repairs. Some of us have some history that we need to fix. And, and if someone else, you know, and, and it's, it's crazy, sometimes you got to, fix your history and the offender will never fix it but we as people as as children of God we offended God but yet he fixed our history he is the one that's given us grace so we need to move in bold repairs and then bold trust Paul talked about that we need to make some bold moves of trust that we need to disrupt our life sometimes and then last week we spoke about bold mission and if you missed last week's message I hope you catch it because it was so important for us to grab there so today I'm excited we're going into this uh, into a new series it's called love handles getting a grip on love singleness and relationships and we're just going to talk about love but before we get into love and singleness and relationships and marriage I want to talk to you about the foundation of love the foundation of love and what what love according to the bible looks like what love according to the word of god entails for us and and so if you have your bibles please turn to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 all right, all right. We love the word of God. We believe that it reveals Jesus and uh, Jesus changes our lives. But we're getting a grip on love, right? And so if you're in a relationship, if you're married, if you're single, to the glory of God, ain't no shame in being single. We're confident in Christ. Many people believe uh, we have a misconception that marriage is the goal of singleness. No, the goal of our lives in any relationship is to glorify God with our whole life, single or married. We are to glorify God, to love like he loves, right? That's the goal of our lives. It's not about our relationship status, all right? So as we go into Ephesians 5, it's in the New Testament. Paul, the apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus. Ephesus, if you uh, know, it's in modern-day Turkey. It's a a seaport. It was a a Greek colony at the time, and it was where so much commerce were going on. So this is like downtown. It's just crazy, right? Cars are everywhere. People are everywhere. Just think of Ephesus as a very busy place. And Paul is writing to these people, and he's trying to teach them what it looks like to to live as a follower of Christ. So it's, it's crazy. So these people are the church of Jesus, yet he still needs to tell them what it looks like to live like Jesus. And how true is that for us? It doesn't matter how long we come to church. We still need to go to the word of God to see what it looks like to live like Jesus in our life and practically, in our faith and practically. And so this is Paul, and he's talking about real love, and it's one of the most popular verses on love. No, it's not. It's actually not one of the popular verses, all right? But it says this, Ephesians uh, 5, 21 to 22, and it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And this is the wives' favorite verse. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. What? Right? Right? You, You hear that, babe? No, I'm just kidding. And, 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 P, and then it says in verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave, him, gave himself up for her. So this is a very unpopular verse, just, uh, just to throw it out there. You're like, what do you mean? Wives, I, I ain't submitting no one. 
I ain't submitting to no man. Right? That's what Candace tells me all the time. No, I always say, you're not the boss of me. I do tell her that. But this is one of the most unpopular verses in the Bible. What do you mean, wives submit? Are you trying to belittle women, John? What about the men? And, 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 but let me reread the beginning of this verse. Verse 21, submitting to, thank you, submitting to one another. So if you are, if, because people have tried to use this verse to dominate the other, but look what, how it looks right from the beginning. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We submit to one another, we submit to who? One another out of reverence for Christ. This is not a one-sided submission, but this is a principle of Christian relationships and Christian marriage. Even greater, this is a principle of Christian love. This is not for just people in relationships. This is for all of us. We submit out of reverence for Christ. You are, are submitting to God out of reverence. Paul is teaching us what it means to love like God and to be loved by God. That's what he's teaching us. And it starts with reverence. And reverence is not much talked about. We don't revere much in our culture. Nothing, most things in our culture isn't, isn't like revered. You know what I mean? It's not, there's, we, we kind of keep apart. There's not many sacred things in our culture. We, we, we have a culture that fights against sacred things and pushes into individualism. We do. And I'm not saying individualism is bad and, and communalism is better. I'm just saying there's good in each side. And we need to learn what's good in all of it. And so in this part, he's saying, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, for Christ. And I'm going to push this a little further. Philippians 2, 3 to 11, I'm going to read quickly. Do nothing, and this is for us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit or conceit, but in humility. Humility. Say humility. I love humility. It's so hard. <laughs> Right? To, to humble yourself, to go through something and keep, look on yourself, uh, not, not lower. You're not looking at yourself lower. You're looking at yourself less, and you're trying to look from a different point of view. Count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among you. So think like this. This is what he's saying, which is yours in Christ Jesus. This mind that is like Christ, it is yours if you want it. But most of us, we got to work towards it. We got to want it. We got to desire his mind. Who, though he was a form, he was form of God, did not, just talk about Jesus, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. So Jesus was God, but he did not count himself in equality with God. And I'm going to explain that. This is interesting, right? Verse 7, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Listen, Jesus is God, and I know the Trinity can be complex. I always say the Trinity is complex because no one would make that up. That's horrible to try to teach the Trinity, right? Like, here, let me make up a religion. It's about the Trinity. It's a, the it's a Father elevating the Son, the Son elevating the Spirit, the Spirit elevating the Father. They're all in one dance, and they love each other. They're in community. They're, it's one God in relationship with each other with three persons. No one makes that up. That's, that's, it's horribly hard to describe, and it takes some time to understand. It moves. You have to move in faith, but that's a Trinity, right? So Jesus is fully God, yet he voluntarily submits himself to the Father. 
And this is not a lowering of dignity. Sometimes we think submission. I don't like submission because I got, it's lowering my dignity. It's making me inferior. But according to the Bible, our, our submission, our understanding of serving, it's, it's, it's not lowering our dignity or making you inferior. It's making you more like Christ. Normally, when we have power, like Jesus, he, it says he emptied himself. But normally, when you have the power, right? When we, when we have power, we leverage it for our benefit. We say, oh, God has blessed me. How can I make my life better? Immediately. This is kind of our thought pattern. When we have the power, we leverage it for our benefit. When we have wealth or influence, normally we use it to serve us. Now I am connected to this person. Now I can get a better job. I'm connected to that. I have this in my life. We, you, we leverage our connections, our influences, and our powers to serve ourselves most of the time. And Jesus, he leveraged his power to put himself under us so he can lift us up. Think about that, that point of view, that thought. But Jesus had this stuff. He emptied himself, and he took a form of servant. He humbled himself, verse 9. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above all names. So he humbles himself, and that's his choice. And he took the low road, and so God gives him the high place. He took the role of a servant, and God names him above every name. And this is very important. This is a Christian principle and understanding of your faith. And this is something we might not get now, but we need to get at some point, right? That God, the Father, God takes responsibility to elevate those who humble themselves. When you humble yourself, he will lift you up. That's from the very Old Testament from Abraham all the way to the book of James. He will, he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And I want you to trust God on that as you humble yourself. Humble yourself. Say that, humble yourself. The way up is down. Jesus said this multiple times. The greatest of all is the servant of all. And, and we're like, what, what do you even mean by that? It, God, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is so upside down. We live for the now, but God is preparing us for something later that's so much better. Don't get lost. Don't get lost. The kingdom of God is upside down. It's counterintuitive. You want to live a full life? Then waste your life out. Don't hold it all back and saying, I want, I want, I want to keep it. I'm saving it, this for myself. No, man, release your life and you'll have the fullest life ever. If you look at people who have full lives, they don't hold back. They, they are not people that hold their, a grasp on their life like this. They live very open-handed. And you're like, how can you do what you do? It's because I live open-handed. My life is open to whatever God wants to do in my life. And if you feel like, why don't I have any friends? Why don't I have any connections? Let go of the things and the controls of your life so that God can bless through you. God can bless through you. And that's, that's the theme of the Bible from the beginning to the end. That God would bless to be a blessing. Are we... Are, are we, are we are we, like, can God trust us with his blessing? Can God trust us with his blessing? A last passage, I'm going to John 13, 12 to 15. And this is a wonderful passage. And on the night that Jesus knew he was going to be betrayed and beaten and crucified for the sins of others, Jesus took a towel. On the, on the very, think of your worst, I don't know if I want you to think of your worst moment. No, do it. 
Think of some of the m- most like hurtful moments in life. And I do this because I, I can thank God after. Because he, he's restored me and redeemed me and loved me through it. But this was Jesus' worst moment. These are the things that he was not looking forward to. And on that night, he took a towel. On the night he was going to be betrayed by the people he loved most, he took a towel and he wrapped it around his waist. And he poured water into a bucket and he began to wash the feet of the very people who would deny him. The very people that would reject him. It's kind of a crazy thought. And on that night, these were the people he was going to die for. Verse 12, do you understand what I have done to you? Right? It's a, it's a serve, some, sometimes serving is you just do it for, you do it to the people. Not even just for them. You, it's like, hey, I'm not representing anything. I'm just, this is for you. And verse 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right. I am so. If I then, your God, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Who hates feet? Right? Feet are nasty no matter what. Right? Like, feet are nasty. Except for mine. Mine's pretty nice. No, I'm just kidding. I just need to get rid of the athlete's feet on, on my right foot. Then it'll be nice. I mean, who doesn't like rotting flesh on their foot? Right? But I was thinking, sorry, that's too much information. But I was thinking this. No one wants to wash feet. Nobody. It was, it was left there for people who had to wash feet. They were, it, was for, it was done by the servants of the household, the people that had to do it. And it, it's pretty crazy to think about that Jesus took form of a servant, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to wash people's feet took a role of the servant in the house, the lowest role in the house. And he started to wash their feet. And he's saying, as I'm doing this, if God can do this for you, he's saying, as, as I am your Lord and your teacher, and as I can do this for you, I don't care who you are. You can do this for others. And it's not, he's not telling you to wash feet. And washing feet is a good, like, symbolic thing of, like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing something I don't want to do. Because sometimes we should disrupt ourselves and do things we don't want to do. Don't only do things you want to do. If I could only do things I want to do, I'd just eat cupcakes every day. Maybe I do do that, right? But it's not a good idea. You have to do things you don't want to do because it's the best thing for you. If, if, think about your kids. If you just allowed them to do whatever they wanted to do, how, how horrible would your children be, Right? They put, parents, you are in your children's life to say the word yes and to say the word no. You are there because you know better and you've been through life. And, and it's crazy, and I, I might have said this before, to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let them choose whatever they want. What kind of crazy talk is that? Right? What kind of crazy talk? That's, it, it, I, I, I was uh, watching this, um, this pastor talk about it. He's like, you know, I'm going to just let my kids, if they want to go to church, they can go to church. If they, if, they, if they want to serve God, they can serve God. Have you ever said, oh, if you want to go to school, you can go to school to an eight-year-old? That's not, that's not a wise choice, right, as parents. No, you are their parent because God trusts you with them in your life. So you're, can you imagine, Marcy? You know, I'm going to let them decide if they want to do their schoolwork or learn, you know? 
that'd be a horrible decision. As parents, you have been given responsibility to take them further than they can go. That's, that's our role as parents. I always say, I want you to go further than I can ever go. And I want to believe in you. I want to push you. And in the same way, we, we, sometimes we serve and we got to wash feet. I was uh, This morning, because um, uh, the Mitchells were uh, in the hospital, I was brushing little, little Gavin's teeth. I was like, I haven't brushed a kid's teeth in a while. I was like, Ugh, no one likes this. <laughs> Stinky, nasty. I was like doing his hair and washing his and and Candace. We high fived each other once we left the house. We got ready. Six kids today. We're like, woo! <laughs> and I was like, this is crazy. I was like, no one wants six children. Like you might like making six children, but you don't want to raise six children, right? So I was I was like, this is so crazy because you gotta clean, you gotta do all the hard stuff. It's not easy. And in the same way, Jesus comes down and he's so and out of reverence for Christ, we serve our children. Out of reverence for Christ, we teach them the word of God. The, the, they did not deserve it. A lot of times we serve people who deserve it, right? Oh, they deserve to be served. Jesus served us when we least deserved it, when we were so far from him. It says, while we were sinners, while we were enemies of God, Christ died for us. While we were at our worst, he was at his best. Think about that. We don't deserve his grace. And if we could, if we could get a grip of just that thought, it would radically change your life forever. The Christian life comes alive when we are overwhelmed by the love of God for us when we least deserved it. When we least deserved it. This week has been absolute chaos for me. I was like, this sermon's going to suck today. I told that to Candace uh, because this week was so chaotic for me. I had, on, on Tuesday night, someone was on the streets, so they, I, I was like, it was 12.30 at night, and I'm like, you're coming home with me. You're going you're gonna to sleep in my basement. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm just like sleeping with my door wide open. You know, yeah, I don't know, you know, fully what, what they're going through. And I, but I'm just like, God, do you want me to do this? All right, or, all right, I'm in then. I'm in. I'm in, and I'm, I'm following God's lead on this. And then I find out uh, the, someone has died, passed away, and I, I get a phone call of tears, and I start tearing up. And the very next day, I get another phone call. It's full of tears, so someone else passed away. Then we're running to the hospital. Then we find out that Brooklyn might have cancer. We're like, fantastic. This is the craziest week of all time, God. And can we just trust you, God? Can we trust you, or do I just give up? Do I just, like... God, uh, no more, no more. It's crazy when you say, God, I want use me, then he uses us, and then we say, God, why are you using me? How crazy is that? God, just use me. Use me at work. Use me at church. And we're like, man, church is just using me. I'm not going there anymore. Dude, you prayed that prayer, and they're using you, and then you're saying they're using you. It's, we have this crazy thought of our mind, but it's the best thing for us that God would use us and that God, if God could save one person through our, uh, the, the service that we give with our lives, I'm good, man. Because God used one person to, save, to use in my life to save my soul, man. And I'm, I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm good with it. And so if I dropped the ball, and I told some people already this week, I'm sorry I dropped the ball. I'm sorry I dropped the ball. It, my week was just insane. I'm sorry I didn't make the phone calls. I'm sorry that I said I was gonna, we were going to do lunch, and we didn't. My, I just couldn't this week. But I hope that we can pick up where Jesus left off 
and that maybe your life will be a little more chaotic, but we would say, God, I am willing to do whatever it is that maybe one person could come to know you. Every time I step into this place and take this mic, I think in my mind there's someone in this place. Maybe this is the last chance that they're going to give Christ in their life, and I, I get to speak the last message that they'll ever hear. And I, so I, I, I put a lot of weight on myself, which may, might not be the best thing because I stress myself out. But I believe that what we do matters. I believe the way we neighbor matters. I believe the way you love your wife matters. I believe the way you love your children matters. I believe the way you work matters. If you're a boss, be the best boss and be redemptive. And if you need to take it on the chin, take it on the chin. If you're an employee, be the best employee and be okay to work with excellence when no one is working with excellence. Don't stay up with the status quo. The status quo is no good. You got to lift the bar in reverence for Christ. We submit ourselves to one another. And that is true love. That is the primary point of our lives. I believe that God uses marriages and relationships and workplace relationships, to, especially marriage, to teach us to wash the feet of a sinner. You want to know how to wash a feet of a sinner? Get married. You go in there all like, everything's going to be awesome. And then you're like, <laughs> God, why is it so hard? It's so hard because God is grinding down all the hard pieces in your life. It's like two cogs with very sharp pieces. And God brings the person that you need to wreck you. And so you can grind you down so that you can be smoothed out in your life. Sorry, you guys are four months in. You know, it, it is what it is. You guys will go through good times and hard times. But you know what's so crazy? It's the hard times that we look back and say, thank God for those moments. It brought us the closest together. I don't know if Candace says that, but I say that. <laughs> She's like, shut your mouth. I believe that that's what God is doing. We think that God is here to make us happy. Mm -mm. God is here to make us holy. And holiness is to be like him. To be like him. And when you're holy like him, you're happy because there's no one ever in this world that was happier than Jesus. And he was the one that served people. He washed feet. He went to the woman at the well, and he was willing to give his life. But there was a joy in him that was unstoppable. Unstoppable. So how do we do this, John? How do we use our powers, our leverage for others? How do we love in under submission in reverence for Christ? And this is how it works. Number one, start small. Just start small. Just start. Instead of saying, God, use me, and then not, not moving, say, start small. It's not, a it's not a complete makeover. No one goes through complete makeovers all, all at once. It's little by little, right? Then look around and ask God, how can I love others in reverence of you, God? <laughs> Go walk around the construction site, the gym, the office, the classroom, the apartment, your house, looking for small ways to make a difference, to be the light, the love, to be friendly, to be loyal, to be the one says, no, that's not right. You know when everyone's joining in, like, that's right, you should be, man. No, you're like, no, nah, that's not right, man. That's going to cause so much more problems in your life. Be a voice of reason. Be kind. Just be kind. Be kind, like smile when you look at people, right? You're like, I love Jesus, right? <laughs> Ooh, right? Don't want to go where he's going or she's going, right? Number two, be interested. 
Just be interested. Be interested in people. Most of Jesus' story starts out by him being interested in someone else. What's going on? Interested in the person right in front of them. Don't think I have to do big things. Think I have to just be interested. Count others and their interests more significant than yours. That was Philippians, right? Number three, ask this one question. And I'm going to tell you the question in just a moment. What if every time you walked into your home, your office, your school, or even church today in this building, right? Because we are the church. This is just a church building. It's for us. You ask yourself the question, what can I do to serve you? Say that with me. What can I do to serve you? I'm going to say that out loud. You guys don't mean it. What can I do to serve you? Man, this is one of the most beautiful questions you can ask. Men, ask this question. Women, ask this question. Husbands, wives, ask it every day. Even on your day off when you just want to watch Sports Center until your brain goes numb, right? What can I do to serve you? Or when you're not feeling it, when you're not feeling good, say it even when you don't want to. What can I do to serve you? Employees, ask your bosses. Bosses, ask your employees. Roommates, Ask your roommate. I was talking to Paul about roommates. He's like, I love roommates. That's not what he told me. But uh, we were talking about roommates, how roommates could be very difficult. Teenagers, shock your brothers and sisters and ask, what can I do to serve you? Shock your mom and dad and aunt and uncle. What can I do? Can you imagine? What can I do to serve you? This is just, maybe this is just a dream I have. You know, maybe I live in Arendelle with Frozen, you know? But what can I do to serve you? You're like, you get a new car. You can get anything you want, teenager. Just kidding, you know. But, uh, but I was just thinking what it would change the culture of the house for the better. My challenge for you this week, just once a day, ask the question, if, if it's to friends, if it's, if it's to whoever, what can I do to serve you? And I wrote this question down because, you know, there's some friends in my life, every time I come near them, they're like, what can I do to help you? What can I do to serve you? What can I do in your life? And I, I thought it was weird at first, and then I started picking up what they were picking up. I started doing what they started to do because it showed me Christ-likeness, and it produced something different in me. What can I do to serve you? Today, if you're scared to do this and it makes you uncomfortable, welcome to being a follower of Christ. Welcome. Fear is always a part of faith and it's something we have to fight. And, we, and what, what we're doing is out of reverence for Christ. If you are in an argument with someone at work or even at home, man, humble yourself out of reverence for Jesus, for Christ, and moved by grace. That's how God changed us. That's the greatest thing you can do, grace. That's how God changed me. That's how God will change this world. By the way, that's, that's what he did. That's what he did. He gave us grace. Let's stand. Out of reverence for Christ, let's be submitted to one another. Start small. Be interested and ask, what can I do to serve you? This week, just once a day, ask that question. You can ask it to yourself or you can ask it to an individual. And I believe as you ask this question, it will change the place that you work, the environment. It changes the atmosphere when you bring a heart of Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray today, God. I know it's, it's just, it just seems like an off day even for me, God. 
I just pray in these moments where we carry heavy things into this room, God, I, I believe that your word goes out and it does not return void, God. It does not return void. There's a heaviness in many people's hearts. There's things that are going through our mind. But I ask, what can I do, God, today, even in my craziness, to serve you? And I ask in your prayers right now, just ask yourself that question. Ask God, what can I do to serve you? And God will speak to you. Maybe he says, restore that relationship, John. Be a light in that dark place where you work. I know you are frustrated, but that's why I put you there. And you're going to be even more frustrated until you finally submit yourself to me and to one another out of reverence for Christ. If you're in this room and you just need, you know you need to submit to God, you just need to make a move towards Christ and it's been, and you've never have done that before and you need to get your life right, you've tried to do it your way, you're in this room, not because you, 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 you're like fully in love with God, but you are down to the end of your life. You're just like, I'm done, I'm tired. And if this Jesus thing is real, I just want to go all in. If that's you, just raise your hands. I just want to pray for you. If you need to get your life right, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys can put your hands down. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand that was raised, God. I believe you are still in the business of changing lives, Lord God. And it's not through any convincing words, but it's about the love of God that we feel through people and through your presence, God. And I pray for every hand that was raised, Lord God. What can they do to serve you? Because you are serving them right now. You're renewing their hearts, God. And I pray, raise up their faith, Lord God, and let them start standing in the word of God and make a change today, Lord God. Let there be a radical a breath of life like they're coming alive, Lord God. It says that you bring us from death to life, and that's what you're doing today. We love you, and as we go, Lord God, we go into this world as lights of the world. On Monday, we're going to ask, what can I do to serve my workplace? What can I do to serve my home, Lord God? I pray we be light of the world like you told us that we are. Lord God, let that be a passionate mission in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Get to know the person next to you. If you need prayer, I'm always up here. If you need to talk, I'm right here, guys. God bless you guys.